All right. Well, lots of good stuff in store here. So I um, wanted to make a quick introduction and let you know what to expect. Hello. Oh, you, hello. You, you talk. I'm just okay, sitting up here. Okay. Is that okay? You do what you got to do. He's, he's over here. So okay. I, I gotta, he's the one. I know. Right I okay. noticed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 He normally sat This is going to be fun. Can you tell? Back. Way in the back. Yeah. That's where he normally sits. But we, sat, but we so, mixed okay. it up. We okay. mixed it up. I wanted to tell you a little bit what to expect. What's an installation ceremony? I mentioned it a little bit already. We want to mark the beginning of Pastor Jake's ministry and have a chance to um, encourage him. And uh, so I wanted to let you all know that we'll all have a chance later to be praying for uh, Jake and his family and especially want to give some warning to our awesome uh, junior high and high school students because a little later I'm going to invite all of you to come up here and surround uh, Pastor Jake and family as we lay hands on them and pray for them. So uh, be listening for a chance to do that in a little bit. Uh, but as always, first we want to spend some time studying God's Word together. And so on this occasion, it's great to have someone else get to do that. Mm -hmm. And in, in this case, uh, someone that's really special to Pastor Jake and family. And so I want to introduce my new friend, Brad yeah, Widstrom. Yeah. Let's welcome him to Faith Church. <laughs> awesome having you, brother. Yeah. Brad is uh, a friend and mentor to Jake and uh, was one of his seminary professors. So uh, Brad fl joined us, uh, flew out here all the way from Denver to join us today. So we're thankful to have you, brother, Thanks. and uh, appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Look forward to more celebrating yeah. later, too. Well, right. and, and it was quite the joy to be able to come. I don't know how much people know, but actually, um, I was the first. Hold up one finger, Jake. I was the first full-time youth pastor in the Free Church in the entire Pacific Northwest District. Back in, okay, this will date me, back in 1981. Yeah, when I was three. And um, I actually knew Pastor Al, because he was around, I think I heard, when the earth first cooled. <laughs> He stepped into Faith Church, if I remember correctly, because we would always gather. I was way up near Seattle, an hour west of Seattle, near Bremerton, near the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard, town called Port Orchard. In fact, Christopher, where's Christopher? Christopher's mom and I served on pastoral staff together. And if I had known that before Friday night, I might have brought a picture of her and I and the others sitting around the table and said, let's see Victoria when she was much younger. But so it's fun to see Christopher. And I told him before I teased him, I said, I remember when you were about this big. So literally, and his, his older brother Kai was one of my daughter's good friends and now lives still in Arvada, doesn't he? He's still in, in, up near us in Colorado. This is kind of, um, I've got Jake over here, who's the one I'm supposed to be pointing the finger at. And I've got the youth over here, which are close to my heart as a longtime youth pastor, so sorry, I'm going to be probably more focused. Oh, look at that. I just got a heart. <laughs> wow. Okay, the question is, for me, will you get it tattooed on your shoulder? <laughs> Thanks. Okay, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be focusing more over here. Um, Jake is the one I'm here to charge, to challenge, to encourage. Um, but Derek told me that I can give the rest of you permission to listen in. So hopefully there will be something as we're going to be looking a little bit at uh, some stories in the life of Christ. Not that I'm trying to hold you up to the standard, which is unobtainable, 
but we're going to look at a few incidents in the life of Jesus, which will hopefully lay out some encouragement, some challenges, some charges to Jake and to Riley. Glad that Jake's mom and dad are here all the way from the big city of Spokane. Spokane up in Gonzaga territory. I got to meet them at graduation with Jake, so it's fun to see them again. They shared some of the best beef with us, which we're still working on, so thank you. But, so thank you for letting me come, um, but Jake, as, as Jake knows, um, as you remember, and this is not to secure sympathy, but my mom, my dear godly mom, died on Thanksgiving Day. And she was 85, lived a long, long, um, amazing life, 65, 70 years in the same church, served the Lord faithfully in all of the kids' programs, children's programs, and even up into her 80s was, you don't have deaconesses, but they had deaconesses, women that were committed to uh, visitation and to the ministry of the church. She was a chair of the deaconess board into her 80s. And that's a church of over a thousand people. So that shows a little bit about my mom and her commitment to ministry and commitment to the Lord. Um, but I had the, the joy and the privilege of actually doing her graveside service and her memorial service. And one of the things that was, um, I think, probably the most moving and powerful part is something I entitled Reflections on a Life Well-Lived. As we reflected back on my wife's my wife, my mom's journey, and reflected back on the things of her 85 full years, and her older brother, her younger brother, my two daughters, myself, uh, a friend or two, it was not one of those open mics that goes on for an hour and a half, and you're like, oh, I want to eat cake. But um, it was just a powerful time of sharing some of those memories. And it, it struck me as I was thinking about today, what if, Jake, what if you lived your life and your ministry reflecting on that time when somebody is going to be looking back and saying, hmm, let's think about Jake and his journey and his life. Was it a life well lived? That would kind of put some things in the front of your mind saying, wow, I better live a little bit differently. I'm going to treat these, my charge. By the way, we had dinner on Friday night. He loves you guys. So how you would treat them, what you would teach them. Oh, <laughs> he just gave you. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Riley has a tattoo, not Jake. Um, so what if you lived your life that way? And so w would that change the way you live? Would it change the way you love? Would it change the way you serve? Those are rhetorical questions, but I think, yes, the answer is yes, it would. And so as you're now leaning into this season of time and season of life here at Faith Church in Dallas, Oregon. I'm, I'm going to lay before you, and of course, I'm a preacher, so how, how many points do you have to have, Derek? Three, okay. Three, you know, they teach us in preaching class, you know, point of prayer and a promise. Okay, there you go. So um, I'm going I'm to, three challenges that I'm going to give to you today, coming again from the life of Christ. 
ones that I hope will lay before you so when that day comes, you stand face to face and see Christ in all his glory. He'll say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. So the first one, the first one is land well. He's not a pilot, by the way, but land well. God has brought you and your family here to Faith Church in Dallas, Oregon. You used to minister in Spokane, Washington. You used to minister in Littleton, Colorado. Remember, you're not there anymore. You've landed here. We actually had a little bit of this conversation on Friday night, and I said, little foretaste. Wait, I'm sure it's kept you up for two straight nights. But remember, this church, these people, this community pre-existed you. And they're going to be here long after you're gone. It's just the way it is. So what you need to do, what I challenge you to do, is to land well here. And again, I think the, the example, we find it in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to read it all, but in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, that's amazing text talking about God the Son in all his glory, and who he was, and then it gets down and calls him by the name the Word. And then it gets down into verse 14 of chapter 1, and it says, The Word became flesh and lived among us. and We beheld his glory. The Word became flesh and lived among us. And I love the way that um, Eugene Peterson has written it in the message. He says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Isn't that great? The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. You've moved into the neighborhood here in Dallas, Oregon. Jesus, we see his life, and we know that in the first century, he was born into a specific time, a specific place, a specific context, specific culture, which included dress and food and all of his uh, examples he used in teaching based on the culture of that point in time. You have landed here in Dallas, Oregon at Faith Church. The incarnation was contextual. Jesus landed well in that context where he was sent by the Father. My encouragement to you is to remember that as you land well here. Stand up and look at these. Stand up, stand up, okay. Take a look around, okay? Okay? These people are your context. You can sit down. He said, I just... He's already graduated and he still listens to me and I have no power over him anymore. <laughs> um, quick story. So I grew up in northern Illinois, second largest city in Illinois. Our church at that time was a mega church. It was an evangelical free church, one of the three flagship churches in the evangelical free church. So I grew up in this youth group that was hopping and popping, and I worked on staff there, and it was just, I was cool. <laughs> I knew what I was doing. So then God, after seminary, moves my wife and I. I had never been west of the Rocky Mountains. We never even flew out and candidated at the church. We just talked to them on the phone. Now, I knew this senior pastor is going to work with. So we pulled into town. They didn't know us. We didn't know them, but I was coming 
to make Harper Evangelical Free Church of Port Orchard, Washington, first free Rockford West. I found out fast that didn't work. And this is the story. I'm driving home on a Thursday night. I had taught a teacher training workshop for the Sunday school teachers, youth group leaders, et cetera, et cetera. I'm riding with the church chairman's wife as we're driving along Puget Sound right there. Amazing. And she turns and she looks at me. She's driving. She says, Brad, you're going to have to slow down for us because we're not going to speed up for you. That's all she said. It was just like she slapped me across the face and said, you know what? You need to move into our neighborhood. You need to land here. You need to understand us. Changed my life and ministry for the next, do I dare say, 40 plus years. That one statement by Helen Simmons telling me, move into our neighborhood. So Jacob, land well. When people reflect back on your life and ministry, may they say, Jacob became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. Second challenge I give to you is to live well. Live well. Jesus, as we know the story, so you've got the um, incarnation, you've got the little shepherds, and you've got the little picture of your Sunday school Christmas program up here. Eight days Later, you've got where he is brought in to be dedicated in, in the temple. You've got Anna and Simeon, and they're blessing him, and now I can go to my grave in glory because I have seen, I've been waiting for decades. And after that, it says, got to find, got my little cheat, cheat markers here. See these little blue things? Use those, Jake. They're great. Um, so you've got... Um, says that when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And as the child grew, became strong, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Grew, became strong, the grace of God, he was filled with wisdom. Then you fast forward to when he's 12, and that's when they come back to, they would go yearly to celebrate the Passover. And so they'd come back when he was 12, and now as they left after the Passover was over, Mary thought he was there, and Joseph thought he was there, and it's like when my wife and I was telling Derek this beforehand, we, we left our daughter playing the piano in the sanctuary at the church, because we each thought the other had her. It was about five years before we told her, you know, we forgot you there, and she's never let us forget it. But, so, you know, they get on their way, and they find out, where's Jesus? We don't know, and they went back, and where did they find him? Sitting in the temple, listening, listening, sitting in the tabernacle, listening, asking questions. And then what it says is, then they, he went down to Nazareth with them, was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. That is all we know about Jesus between the time he was eight days old until John baptized him at the age of 30. And it's powerful because Jesus, my challenge to you in terms of living well, he grew, he became strong, filled with wisdom. Grace of the Father was on him, grew in wisdom, grew in stature, grew in favor with God, grew in favor with man and with woman, those around him, those in his neighborhood. 
We talk about this in one of my classes, and Jake, one thing I'm doing is reminding him of some of our conversation, is that status quo is not where it's at. Mediocrity is not where it's at. Jesus, we see in his life that there was this holistic growth that happened. He just didn't stay this little Tobias, you know, that eats, sleeps, and poops. He grew, he matured, he developed. And I'm sure there was an intentionality to that. And, and my challenge in this is that, Jake, you need to be intentional to not stay where you are. You need to land well, but you need to live well. You need to create what we talk about in class as a personal growth plan. And I challenge all of you to think about this. If you think about who you are and the holistic piece of who you are and how God created us to be, you know, at church sometimes we think, okay, we want to lead people to Jesus and we're going to grow them up and disciple them. That's it. God wants us in this holistic piece of who we're becoming. As you see this in the life of Jesus, wisdom, stature, favor with God and man. So Jake, the challenge to you, the encouragement to you, and I encourage you then to encourage this to your students, is to think about how do we grow holistically in who God made us to be? How do we not stay content with where we are? How do we continue to grow and nurture and develop? They need it. You need it. Your family needs it. They need you to continue to become who God created you to be. Yes, I know you're not Jesus, and I'm giving you Jesus stories, but you were fearfully and wonderfully made. God, this is great, Mom, sitting here. If we look at the text of Scripture, God knew you when you were still in that secret place in Mom's womb. And God, if we look at the life of Paul, God had set before you even then, if you would respond what you have, what is the life that he has set before you? What is the calling he has for you? What are the gifts that he was going to give you at your, your new birth in Christ through the Holy Spirit? And they're not given to sit on. As we, as, 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 to him and her who has been given much, much is required. And it's required of you to do something with them. So again, like Jesus, I encourage you to live well to grow, to mature, to develop, to say, who are you wanting me to become and how can I intentionally put those things in place and how can all of you help hold him accountable to that? And how can you do that with these that God has given and placed in your care? So Jacob, when people reflect back on your life and ministry, may they say, Jacob lived well and he challenged us to do the same. Then the third is to lead well. To lead well. You've been called into a kingdom ministry leadership role. Continuing the storyline, you've got Jesus at age 30 then shows up at the Jordan when John is baptizing and, and John baptizes him. And that's when you see the dove come down and settle on him, the Holy Spirit represented. You hear the voice of the Father, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus is whisked away into the wilderness to be tempted, and he survives and overcomes the temptations, begins his life of teaching, and then in Luke 4, great text, powerful text, 
In Luke 4, Jesus shows up in the temple, as was his custom. He shows up, they have him stand up, and they give him the scroll to be the reader for the day. He finds Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, and Jesus reads that text. And when he's done, people are awestruck, especially when he says, today, this is fulfilled in your midst. Pretty big, huh? For him to stand up and say that. So what did he read? He was announcing his ministry. He was defining his calling coming from the book of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Pretty powerful calling. His calling is what he would have us to follow along in, in terms of his calling. His ministry is your ministry. The spirit of the Lord is on you, as he said it was on him. You're gifted, you're anointed, you're to proclaim the good news, you're to bring restoration and freedom. Do not be content with the status quo of this world. Engage the poor, the prisoner, the brokenhearted. Preach, teach, and minister with God's purposes in mind. As I like to say, part of our role is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Make these your passion, your purpose. Make this what drives you. May it keep you up and awake at night. May it give you great joy. May it make you weep. May it challenge you to your very core. And train and equip others. Now the fickle finger of fate is pointing at all of you. Train and equip others to do the same. Ephesians 4, the, what is the job description of the pastor teacher to equip the saints for the work of the ministry? Jacob, when people look back and reflect on your life in ministry, may they say, Jacob led well, and he invited us along to share the journey. Come here. Uh, yeah, here. Right up here. You've been up here before, but now all eyes are on you. I'm sorry. I'm excited to stand in front of all of you today to affirm the giftedness and call of Jacob Fields and his lovely bride and little one who is now in grandpa's lap. How grandma gave him up, I have no idea. I'm honored to be sharing this challenge to you. So my challenge is land well and move into the neighborhood. Live well and challenge others to do the same. Lead well and invite others along on the journey. And to bring it full circle, remember my mom and her memorial service. The reflections we shared looking back, what is your desire? This is a rhetorical question, because he, he likes to talk. This is a rhetorical question, which means you don't have to answer. Okay. Um, what is your desire for what you would like shared about you at that point in time? When folks stand to share their reflections on your life well lived, man after God's own heart, man of integrity, man of prayer, loving shepherd of God's church, wisdom beyond your years, deeply and sacrificially loved his wife and family, called, anointed, gifted by God for a significant role in kingdom ministry, fill in 
the blank. This and so much more, if you land well, live well, and lead well. It's my challenge. It's my prayer, my good friend. God, I thank you for Jake. I thank you for the opportunity to share this journey with him these past years and be with him now as he accepts the challenge leaning into the ministry you've called him to at Faith Church of Dallas, Oregon. Thank you for the journey that he shared with Riley these years. Be with and bless both of them, we pray powerfully. And now we eagerly anticipate hearing Brother Jake as he responds to the challenge, the call placed on his life. Amen. Thanks, Brad. That was, uh, that was awesome. Well, church family, um, that's a hefty call on me. <laughs> uh, and I am up for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready and I'm willing. Um, I want to address you guys in, in sections, if, if you don't mind. Uh, first, I'll start over here with my folks, okay? Um, parents, first of all, I want to thank you uh, because you, you raised me in the, the likeness of Christ and pursuing him in my daily life. And so uh, under your roof and under your protection and your equipping, you've done well, so thank you. Students, it's good, it's good. Love you guys. What have we been studying this past few weeks? Wisdom, right? Yeah, and so that's my challenge from Brad to live wisely as Christ lived wisely. And so that's my challenge as I'm teaching with you guys. I'm learning as well from God's word. And so uh, I absolutely love studying and learning with you guys, and so we're going to continue. I'm going to challenge you guys every week, and we're going to do that. You guys cool with that? Awesome. Thank you guys for welcoming me in as that new guy from a faraway land um, and just being so kind and loving to me, so thank you. Also, youth parents, parents of the youth, and church family is my call to land well, to live well, and to lead well. And I'm going to take that quite seriously. And I'm going to do my best with your help to follow Christ passionately and to lead with a conviction of the gospel where the, go the gospel just constantly is tearing my heart up. Because that is what Faith Church here is about. And I love it, and I love y'all. So, thank you so much. You just hang on to it. I'll just hang on to it. Oh, yeah, let's stay up here for a bit. Good times. We'll, we'll come up with some more things to do to you. I mean, with you. Uh, you know, it's it great to hear Brad uh, just say that how he affirms what he has seen in God, that God doing in you his, affirms your call and giftedness for ministry. And um, I want to say real quick, the, fun to get to know Brad this morning a little bit, right, for us. And, um, and our first, uh, my first, uh, you know, uh, exposure to Brad was really fun because 
we, we opened up the search for a new youth pastor and began receiving resumes. And before we even asked for references, before we had even knew anything about Jake or the other applicants, Brad made a point of emailing us. And, and it was a long, excited email. And it was about his connection with uh, sister churches of ours in the EFCA and familiarity with the Pacific Northwest, but more importantly with, with Jake, familiarity with Jake and just just outlandish support for this guy. I'm not sure where you, where you came up with that enthusiasm, but <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So I believe we have seen in the last few months uh, Jake and family already land well, haven't we? And, um, and that'll continue. And uh, yeah, because I have had multiple, I want to tell you, my friend, I have had multiple people in our church family already make a really distinct point of coming to me and going, that guy is awesome, and God is working in him, and, and our students love him, and he loves our students, so, so thanks for landing well. Appreciate that. Uh, and Brad also charged you to live well, so I've got a couple of uh, questions for you. This is as, about as formal, as ceremonial as our installation gets, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and it's your opportunity to respond and kind of express your commitment, and for our church family to hear you express uh, your commitment to what God has called you to do here. So thinking of Brad's charge to you to lead well, or I'm sorry, to live well, I have this question for you. Jake, will you commit to keep the gospel of Christ, the good news of what Jesus has done, his life, death, and resurrection, would you commit to keep the gospel of Christ at the center of your teaching, your ministry, your family, and your life? I will. Right on. Very cool. And Brad also encouraged you to lead well. So as you think of what God has called you to in leading in a church family and being in ministry, um, I have this question for you. Will you commit to shepherd God's people by offering them the love, grace, and forgiveness that God has offered to you? I will. Right on, right on. And church family, you're, you're, you're not off the hook. I have a question for you. And so uh, I want to ask you to consider this uh, opportunity to express your commitment to Jake and his family. And so I'm going to ask you a question. And if this uh, suits you, if this, uh, if, if, uh, if this is how you would feel and want to support this, I encourage you to answer by saying we will. Church family, will you commit to support Jake and family and their ministry through your prayers by serving alongside them, and by being family to them. Right on, right on, good stuff. All right, let's celebrate what God is doing here today with this installation. Love you, brother. Love you, Riley and Tobias. And appreciate you and, and so glad to celebrate with you today. And we're going to uh, transition into a time of prayer now. So I'm going to invite Riley and... What is it you call him? Young Master Tobias. Yeah. <laughs> Young, let's get them up here. And why don't you guys want to stand right here, kind of front and center on this lower step. Sorry, I just made you walk up a step to step down a step. Hi. I got to say hi, too, this morning. What's going on? How are you? Good. And we want to surround them with love uh, in different ways here. So uh, first of all, let me invite junior high and high school students from all over the room. Come on up here and let's kind of make a horseshoe around them, if you would. You know, kind of gather around them right in tight, make kind of a horseshoe around them. We want to keep them center and visible in the front there, but you guys can gather around. And then I want to invite, our, I want to invite Brad to come back up, Debbie, Pastor Matt, 
uh, and our leadership team, our elders, would you join us up here and gather around the back of them as well? And you guys can gather kind of around the back. Students, feel free to tuck in and kind of come down in here close on the sides. And yep, don't be shy. Come on, tuck in. There's lots of you. This is super fun. This is super fun. And I got our, our leadership team, our elders are coming up to gather around as well. I'm going to find the extra microphone. Uh, where is, uh, where are, let's see, there's Darren, there's Debbie. Okay, awesome. Be in this area. Right here is good because you three will be able to hand it to each other. Awesome. Here, it's already ready when, you, when it's time, okay? Almost ready. And I want all of us church family to be able to participate, so let me invite you to stand. And as we have done on many occasions, uh, as this, this, uh, these folks up here, feel free to lay your hand on a shoulder of someone in front of you as, a, as we lay hands on, on the Fields family to pray for them. And, uh, and since we can't all stand up here and we can't all lay hands on the Fields family, I invite you to just extend a hand forward toward them as we pray a prayer of blessing on the Fields family and on our church family as, uh, as we mark this milestone, this beginning of ministry. Uh, so a few of us will lead aloud in prayer and uh, you certainly can join in your silent prayers as well. So let's pray now. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to celebrate, and I thank you for bringing Jake and Riley up to us, and I pray that we'll be able to shower them in love and support. Lord, we're so thankful for Jake and Riley and Tobias, Lord. Thank you so much for preparing the way for them. God, we um, especially, I just want to pray for Riley and for Tobias, Lord, as they're just an amazing support team to Jake, and I know that they um, see the ins and outs of every day, and I just thank you, Lord, for Riley's heart, for her heart for you as we've gotten to know her, Lord. We just love her, and I just pray a blessing upon her as she continues to seek you, Lord, and as she raises Tobias in a way that shows her great love for you, and Lord, your great love for him, and uh, we're just so, so thankful and we commit them to you. And I pray that Riley is reminded that there are so many people here that love her and we're just a phone call or a text away, Lord. And I pray special health and um, strength for Tobias as he grows. God, we just love them and thank you so much for the gift that they are. Wow, Lord, what a privilege it is to be here today as we see a young man and his family answer the call on their life to serve you to serve uh, the children, the kids of our church. Lord, just pray for Jake that he um, just becomes dependent on you, that you continue to mold him and make him into a great example for those around him to follow. Lord, we love this family already, and uh, Lord, as a church family, may, us, may we support him in just an incredible way. May we show him uh, our love and our support. Just make this day a great day that he will remember often in the, day, in the times that maybe it's not so great, that he'll remember this day that you called him here and that he's the man for our church. And Father, thankful that, uh, that one of the main primary reasons you've ca called him to serve in our church family is for our students. God, we think of them as well and pray for our current junior high and high school students as well as all those that will be coming up uh, through the ministry that, uh, that you are leading through Jake. God, we pray for our students. We pray for their increasing dependence on you. We pray for their uh, growth in, in following Jesus in all that they do and say. 
God, not that they would have to earn your love, but they would know of your, your deep and abounding grace that you rescue us, uh, not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has done for us. So we pray for our students now and future that they will uh, grow in their understanding of, of what you have done for us at the cross. And God, knowing that Jake uh, not only serves our students, but serves as a leader in our church family and, and, and has opportunities to care for uh, all of us and, and, for all have, and how all of us have opportunities to learn from you through him. God, would you use him in all of our lives? And uh, I pray for our church family to be strengthened uh, in, in their relationships with Jesus as, as we continue to gather together as a church family, as we uh, look to you and celebrate and care for one another. Um, God, may our lives be increasingly lived for your great glory. So, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We give him all the glory today and pray your encouragement on the Fields family. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right.